Hey there, Quajo here. And if you haven't heard my voice, I'm the new host of the Art of Online Business. Quick update on my new offer. I did not expect the initial launch spots to sell out so fast. I'm talking about Facebook ad setup to success, which is one-on-one -on -one Facebook ads coaching for the driven course creator from me, three Zoom calls within a month and unlimited support in between so that you can run your lead generation campaigns, your launch campaigns, your SLO, self-liquidating offer funnels, exactly like I would, getting all my tips and tricks and strategies plus just unlimited support inside of Slack or Voxer or one lady's even doing it from inside of Messenger with screen recordings, Loom recordings, this sort of thing, questions. This is what I'm doing, but all those limited spots that at the initial launch price, they are gone. And I just wanted to explain that out of integrity to the people who took those first spots, um, the price has gone up and there are one, there's one spot maybe two if I do some scheduling jujitsu for May, otherwise we're booking into June. You can click on the link in the description below to find out more, or you can go to theartofonlinebusiness.com forward slash call if you need that kind of one-on-one -on -one Facebook help. All right, back to the episode. This is the show where I bring you the best tips, tactics, and strategies for using paid traffic to grow your business on autopilot. You also hear what's working and not working right now from the top minds in online marketing so that you can get more leads and sales every day without having to empty your wallet in the process. All right, let's jump into it. All right. All right. All right. What's up, everyone? Rick Morty here, and you are listening to the Art of Paid Traffic podcast. How's it going, my friends? Really appreciate you for giving me your time today. This is episode number 175. And on the show today, I wanted to share with you an interview that I did on a podcast called Photogs Unite. And this is a podcast for photographers that teaches the business side of being a photographer so that they can focus on doing what they do best, being behind the camera. And the host of the show is a guy by the name of Mike Lloyd. And the reason I chose this specific interview to share with you here on AOPT is I remember getting off this interview thinking, man, that was a really good interview, if I do say so myself. Mike is a, is a great interviewer, and we cover a lot of the sort of foundational principles of using Facebook ads to grow your business. We really dive into the basics and what you need to be doing from a foundational perspective to have successful Facebook ads to be growing uh, your business. And, and another reason why I wanted to share this with you here is that regardless of the business that you're in, you don't need to be a photographer or you know that type of localized business to get a lot out of this conversation. So regardless of what business you're in, you're going to get a ton out of this conversation that I have here with Mike. So without further ado, let's jump into it and head over to the Photogs Unite podcast with Mike Lloyd. Rick Mulready, welcome to the party. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, man. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So Rick is a seasoned veteran with his own podcast, The Art of Paid Traffic. That'll be queued up in the show notes. You all should listen to that. I can't say enough good things about it. And while I am a, uh, a member of one of his courses, we're going to get all kinds of actionable information for all you photogs out there who are looking to build your business. So find more clients without having to cold call because, right, we want to make art. We don't want to be walking into random buildings and calling strangers that probably don't want to hear from us or so we believe. So, Rick, I want to clear up a, uh, a rumor, if you will. I don't know. It's something that, that I've heard that Facebook ads that you start these things running and you mm -hmm. get them going and then people just start showing up. Your phone's ringing. You turn <laughs> away business and you don't have to do any work. Can Wait, we uh... and, and dollars start falling from the sky and automatically yeah. <laughs> into your bank account, right? <laughs> Directly from Facebook. Yeah. Yes. I wish that that would happen. I, I would love for that to happen. And some of my favorite emails that I get from people are like, well, I want Facebook ads to work and I want my business to grow but I really don't want to do anything. I like I want this to happen in the next three days. And I literally get those emails and it's like, I, you're, you're, you're looking at the wrong person for an answer for that sort of thing. Yeah, man, this stuff takes work, you know? And I mean that from a perspective of you've got to go into it with a mindset of this is going to take some time to figure out. 
And I need to be willing to test different things that this is not going to be an overnight success. Now, with that said, you can see results very quickly in a matter of days, but you know, it really varies from person to person how quickly you see results, you know, and how much budget, what kind of budget you're willing to put in, everything like that. And the other cool thing about it is that you don't need to spend a lot of money in order to figure out if like, hey, is this going to work for me or not? Or is this offer, I should rephrase that, is this offer that I'm making resonating with my audience, right? It's about testing different things to see what works. So yeah, it's not an overnight success. You got to be willing to be patient and put the work into it. And that was probably the toughest thing for me when I started doing these, which is why I decided to just buy your program and speed up that process instead of me wasting money figuring things out on my own. Because I was like running out of patience. I'd run an ad for a week. And if I didn't book anybody, like, well, that was garbage. But I didn't know what to look for. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know any of that stuff. And despite all the knowledge that I had like put together, all the education that I'd done on my own, it was... I still didn't really understand the process. And I know this isn't just a, this isn't at all a commercial for your course, but that made it really easy to like break down all the components. So we're going to like touch on lots of little things today. This is going to be one folks, you're probably going to want to listen to a couple of times. Can I just, then, can I just make one, add one comment to what you just said, Mike? Yeah. And it's yeah. relevant to like the overnight success. So just uh, literally a few hours ago, I interviewed some listeners of my podcast and they had seen some massive success and we'd been chatting over a past couple of months. I said, you know what? I'd love to get you on the show to talk about what you're doing. And, you know, in regard to this whole patience thing, they said that they were running, this guy was running Facebook ads and he was coming from a TV background. So TV advertising background. And so he would know literally within the first day, if this wasn't working, it's not working. It's not going to work. And so he'd pull it down. Whereas he was taking that into Facebook land. And if within 24 hours, his ad wasn't working, he would take it down. And so one of the things that he learned on the show was like, you know what, you've got to give it at least three days once you start your ad to get into you know Facebook's algorithm, not to get too technical off right off the hopper here. But that one tweak... So he stopped taking his ads down after the first 24 hours. He got patient. And the hardest thing is just to let it run, you know, let it run a few days. And then he started to see results and it started to snowball from there. And he told me today, he said, I'm not making this up. Literally, that one thing that I changed in the fact that I was patient and would wait an extra two days instead of one day has made me millions of dollars. I mean, that just blows my mind. Like that one little thing, like talking about patience and this is not an overnight thing, like give it a few days. And granted, this is one of those sort of nuances as you're running ads that you learn. Give it a few days, be patient, and then that's when things start to pay off. Exactly. And it's tough when you're on a really tight budget because you think, okay, I'm three days in, I don't have a single lead, nothing seems to be happening, but I'm still spending money. And you're like, when do I cut the cord or, or when do I make adjustments? But yep. Yeah, you got to just like let it ride for a few days because it's like you're giving a bunch of data to Facebook and you're like, hey, show this to all of these people. And it's like, cool, give me a second to figure out how the hell I'm going to do this. And you got to give it time to figure out how it's going to do it. Then it'll start to do it. Yep. So I feel like there's two different I guess, classifications of ads that we could be running as photographers. One of them is branding, just to tell people who we are, and then direct response, which is like, hey, here's my thing, respond by reading or hiring me, doing some sort of action. Can you think of a third one I might be overlooking? Is this how we should be approaching it? Or I know I'm totally asking a lot of questions at the mm -hmm. same time. Is direct response also branding? Yeah, for sure. I mean, because when people are seeing, if, if you're running a direct response campaign, different types of ads and so forth, you are still getting that exposure. Like people are still seeing the ad, regardless of whether they're actually taking the action that you want them to take, they're still seeing it, right? So you are getting that, you know, sort of secondary branding benefit, if you will. You know, I would say those are the two big things. And then from within that, that's where you can get into the different ad types that you can be doing, like video, for example, or carousel ads, which is just a simple ad unit that has multiple images or videos within it. So as a photographer, you could have, you know, five, six, seven, eight images, if you will, within that one ad unit showcasing your work, for example. Or you could have 
you know, multiple videos of testimonials of your happy clients that you've worked with and stuff like that. So within the branding and the DR, you can get into the different types of things that you can do and strategies and so forth to showcase your work and to get them to take action. But I think as a photographer, yeah, the two primary objectives and I'm not I don't mean objectives from a Facebook ads perspective because that's a different terminology but the objectives of your campaign are going to be more branding and you know getting that response absolutely and branding is one of those slippery slopes like literally everything you do in your business is part of your brand the colors you choose the way you word things who you talk to how you talk to them and what you tell them yeah so yeah everything you do is branding so I mean, I personally don't see the same value in just running, you know, like a big likes campaign to your Facebook page. Yes. Yep. Because when you run a direct response ad, like, hey, we're running mini sessions, sign up to get this much money off. Like that's an example of a direct response ad. Yep. You're gonna get all those residual likes and comments on your page just from running that. Correct. If you have a smaller budget, one hundred percent agree. You know, I'm not a big fan. You know, because most people who are listening to the show or in my audience or programs or, or whatever who I'm talking to generally don't have large budgets. Some people certainly do. But for the people who don't have large budgets, exactly like what you just said, like I would not be spending that budget on light campaigns to get more fans of my page. If I have a large budget, I might take a small percentage of that and to start building those Facebook fans on the page because those fans are often among the most inexpensive to reach and to engage with right on our ads because their facebook sees them well they're your fans on you know on facebook and so we're going to reward you with a lower cost but again just like you just said you are always going to get those residual quote unquote likes when you're running the, a branding campaign or a dr you know conversion based campaign people are always going to click on that like Maybe they don't take the conversion, you know, the action that you want them to take from a conversion perspective, but they are going to do, they are going to see your ad. So you're getting that branding like you talked about before. And a lot of them are going to also like your page. Absolutely. Okay. So I just want to clear up a couple vocab words for the week before sure, sure, we continue because yes. <laughs> it's about to get filthy in here. <laughs> so a conversion in Facebook land is when you define an action and then somebody does the action. So you're like, okay, I want you to put your name and email address and I'm going to email you a coupon for a photo shoot, right? So if they actually put their name and email in and then hit submit, to get the coupon, that is a conversion. And it could be different things. They could book directly through, you know, a sales page, like for $99, sign up for a shoot. And they could just put their credit card number in and buy right there. That can be your conversion. Literally any action. What else did we just talk about? Objectives. So objectives, like I used it two different ways there, or I used it from a perspective of like, what's the overall goal of the campaign? Like, what do you want to accomplish? But and so that's obviously that's what one definition of objective. But with Facebook ads specifically, when you're setting up your campaigns, the first thing that you do at the so Facebook ads, and again, not to get too technical, but there's three different sort of layers, if you will, within a Facebook ads campaign, there's the campaign, then there's the ad set, and then there's the ad. And the ad lives in the ad set and the ads in the ad set live in the campaign. The um, Russian stacking dolls. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> um, and at the campaign level, the first thing that you do when you set it up is, I mean, besides name it, is you choose what Facebook calls an objective. And so like you just mentioned, Mike, so one objective might be conversions. So yes, we do want someone to you know purchase from us. We're sending people from our ad directly to purchase. Do you call it a sitting? Like, how do you like, what do you call? What do you call it? There's different kinds of photography and they yep. all have different names. Okay. Like I call it a session. Some session. people call it a sitting. If you do wedding to wedding, wedding you know, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Whatever you're selling. So you could be selling. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you could do conversions for that. If you're giving away a discount or a coupon or whatever, and just like you just described, that would be a conversion. If let's just say that all you want to do is, I don't know, showcase your photo gallery on your website. So you could do traffic as an objective, meaning like all I really care about is getting people from my ad over to look at whatever page I'm sending them to. And so you could do that. So in the 
campaign speak, if you will, objective is what you want Facebook to set your campaign up to do. And you're telling Facebook, okay, Facebook, I want more of this. I want more conversions or I want more traffic to this, you know, this page over here. Exactly. Okay. So let's say it looks like it's going to be cheaper for us to run traffic to our, you know, purchase a shoot page. Mm -hmm. Why should we still not run traffic? Why should we do the conversion objective? Good question. So if you're going to run a Facebook ad campaign and the goal of it is to sell sessions or whatever it is that you're selling. Well, my guess is in the photography world, this is, you know, it's not a, you know, $49 purchase. Like this is, could be several hundred dollars, maybe several thousand dollars, something like that. Am I in the ballpark there? Depending obviously what you're selling. Yes. And for any photogs out there still doing $49 shoots, please email me uh, and we can get you on one of my coaching plans because you should be adding zeros to that. All right, carry on. Yes. So (laughs) if you are, or I should say when you are selling those more expensive packages or sessions that you're doing, you know, we have to remember that Facebook is not like Google, where Facebook is more of a discovery type of platform. Like people aren't on there to shop. And so they're on there to share with their friends and families and watch cat videos and stuff like that. So if we are, you know, our job as advertisers is to be very targeted with our advertising while providing a good user experience that catches the attention of our target audience. So when we do that, generally, you know, someone's not usually going to click on our ad and come over and spend $3,000 on a photography session or package or something like that. So in that sense, we still want to get people over there to look at what we have to offer. Maybe it's um, an album of our previous work or something like that. In that case, yes, our goal is to get conversions. Yes, we want people to buy. But, and I don't want to get too technical here, but when we do conversions, we have to use the Facebook pixel and the pixel goes on after the conversion happens. Again, I don't want to get too technical here. But it goes on after somebody makes a purchase, it would go on that page that somebody lands on and says, hey, thank you. You've just purchased XYZ. Okay, cool. So Photogs, the Facebook pixel is a little snippet of code that you insert onto a web page. And it tells Facebook everyone who's been onto that web page and it logs it. So if you are trying to run you know, an ad and get people to go to your web page A, and when they purchase, they go to thank you page B. It will log everyone who went from A to B or everyone who stopped at A. And we can talk about that in a bit. But it, it's just like a marker on the page that tells Facebook who's been where. That way, you know whether or not they've achieved the conversion. Yes, very well said. And Facebook uses that information. So once people land on that page, that pixel, that piece of code there that we've placed on there... Facebook, that's actually reporting back to Facebook, all the people who are converting. And so the idea of it is Facebook is actually taking that information and getting smarter. It's trying to learn the people who are converting, who are buying from you, so that it can find more people like that in the audience and whoever you're targeting. And so if that pixel that we've placed isn't getting a lot of... If a lot of people aren't visiting that page where the conversion is happening, Facebook doesn't like that because it sees that as not a very good user experience, right? Because you've set your campaign up to get more of those conversions. And we have to remember anything we do on Facebook from an advertising perspective, we have to remember and come at it from the perspective of how we're adding value to Facebook users. How are we bettering the user experience? as advertisers. And so if we set up a campaign and we're telling Facebook, hey, we want purchases, we want people to buy these things. And whenever that's not happening very much, Facebook doesn't like that necessarily, right? And so the campaign is not going to do well. So circling back to your original question, like why might we in this case want to use traffic as the objective? Because if we're following the same thing here, meaning sending ad sending people from your ad over to the product page of whatever you're selling. Now you're saying, all right, if traffic is my objective, all I'm telling Facebook is I want people in my target audience to click on my ad and go over to the page. I'm not necessarily worrying necessarily about them buying. Yes, of course I want them to buy, but I'm not telling Facebook that that's what is most important here. Does that make sense? 
Yes. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So if it's an expensive product and people aren't just going to click the ad and suddenly drop five hundred or a thousand dollars, you will slowly pay more and more money as Facebook realizes that people aren't doing the thing you're asking them because it wants to punish you for giving them a bad experience. Yep. So if you just run traffic and all you want to do is show as many people as you can, then that could be a cheaper, better option. But you're also less likely to get people who will opt in, right? Because it it evaluates which Facebook users click things, which ones take actions, which one watch videos, and then whatever your objective is, it will prioritize the ad to the people that generally do those things for other ads. Exactly. Because Facebook has so much data about its users. It knows all the actions that we all take. So you might be thinking, well, how does Facebook know like whether someone is more likely to click than convert? Well, it tracks all of the actions that its users take. You know, it's almost 2 billion people. It knows a lot about its users. So that's, it takes all that information and mixes it up, if you will, into making it available for us advertisers. You know, and kind of part two to that, Mike, and I don't, again, I don't want to get too technical down the road, but the other strategy that you can use with what we were just talking about, if like, if we're just sending traffic where all I want is people to click on our ad, come over to our landing page to look at what we're offering. Well, we can then use that same Facebook pixel that we were talking about before and build a retargeting audience of people who are visiting that page so that, and they're not purchasing, right? So then we can turn around and retargeting essentially is, you know how, when you go onto Amazon, you look at a book or a product, whatever it is, some, I don't know, you're looking at an iron to buy and you don't buy it. And then you're surfing the net later that day and you see an Amazon ad for that same iron. Well, that's retargeting. You can do that on Facebook. And so when you visit that page that you've sent people to and they didn't opt in or they didn't purchase from you, you can turn around and retarget them with another, maybe another offer. Maybe it's a discount. Maybe it's just something to join your email list, whatever it might be to get them further along your sales funnel, your sales strategy. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about some practical applications for our listeners. One of the campaigns I'm running right now, which I'm still working through. So I wrote a blog post last year, uh, last December, some evergreen content on like five tips to take better photos of your kids. And then I've been running a traffic campaign to this blog post and I'm targeting Mothers who are involved with family activities within a certain radius of my home or my, my studio location, right? So those are my target clients because I'm looking to book family portraits this time of year. Uh, we are in October of 2017. And I want to show this to women who are to mothers who want better photos of their kids. I feel like this is a good disqualifier. So then I get several hundred people clicking on the ad, reading my blog post. Then I run a retargeting campaign offering a special on family portraits for this fall season. That is a pretty practical way to retarget. That way I'm delivering value first and then inviting them to come back. Absolutely. Because again, going back to what we said before, Facebook wants us advertisers to enhance the user experience, provide value first. And that's exactly what you're doing. You know, most people are when they see an ad, they are like their guard goes immediately up because it's an advertisement, right? Well, all you're doing is showing them, hey, I have free content over here for you. You don't have to give me your email address. You don't have to do anything other than click on the ad and go and read this content. What was the article again? Like five tips to take better photos of your kids. Awesome. So it's it's not even asking me to do yep. it. It's hosted on my webpage, but it's like, hey, here's some ways you can take better photos. Yep. Do your own thing. This is positioning you as the go-to, as the expert. The more yes. that you can do that, the more that you can be provide helpful information when someone needs a photographer, who are they going to come to? They're going to come to the person who's positioned themselves as the go-to expert. You could even, you know, there's a local business uh, student who of mine who has been on the podcast before. She's not in photography, but this example is very relevant. She owns a golf course. And so she knows that, and the golf course is like a big, one of those big things that has like mini golf and like a wedding venue and stuff like that. 
for the mini golf during the summer months, she knows that her target audience is moms with kids. Very similar to what you're talking about, Mike, is she runs Facebook ads to that are attracting her ideal audience, but aren't necessarily about mini golf. Like, so for example, she'll run an ad, like she'll put together a PDF, for example, that is the top five ways to save money on your next birthday party for your kid or something like that, you know? Yep. So it's not about, and then from there, it leads into a discount for the mini golf, but her initial offer is, has nothing to do with her primary business that she's actually marketing. It's more, she's speaking to her ideal audience. So what you're doing here, yes, you're speaking about photography, but it's not like you're not offering you know, something to your ideal audience right off the bat. You're giving them free value that's relevant to them and going to attract your ideal audience. And then, you know, again, again, it's all in the positioning of you as the expert. Then it positions you. Then you have their attention. Then you can follow up with them, you know, with offers like you're talking about now. Absolutely. And one of the great things about taking an approach like this is that they might not even wait for me to make an offer. They could read this thing and try it out and be like, wow, this is way tougher than I thought. I'm just going to give that guy a call. He seems to know what he's doing. Exactly. Yep. I don't have to spend the money on the retargeting. But this applies to all different kinds of photography, not just family portraits. So if you do weddings, I don't shoot weddings, but I do engagements. And so I teamed up with like 20 different wedding vendors from around. I'm here in, you know, California in the Bay Area from from San Francisco to Oakland down to me in Silicon Valley. And I got like a florist, a makeup artist, hairstylist, a bridal salon. And I'm like, what are five tips for someone who's choosing your type of vendor? Like not why do they choose you, but like five things that someone should look out for when choosing a venue or choosing a caterer. And I put together this whole guide from some of the top vendors in my region. And then I just run traffic to that for newly engaged couples to get people to see it. And then again, retarget offering something with an engagement session. You could do it with pets. You could do it with anything, corporate headshots. I love it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to use another example of another guest on the show where he and his wife sell handkerchiefs. And he has found that his primary audience, his buying audience is in the wedding industry. In the wedding, you know, they're getting married or they're wedding planners or whatever. So Yes. Does he run Facebook ads for like directly to sale? Yes, he does. But his best success comes from exactly what you're talking about, Mike, is where he's, he's created content that is relevant to people in the wedding industry. And then off of that, he goes into offering the handkerchief. Exactly what you're saying here. If you're a wedding photographer, how could you be providing value to brides to be who are in this, you know, hectic time of planning and like, What are like, how could you provide value and help them in this whole process while positioning yourself as the go-to wedding photographer? Right. You don't even have to say that you're the go-to. Just the fact that you're giving them this value is going to tell them that automatically. And just so the... The guy selling the handkerchiefs, he does the My Wife Quit Her Job podcast, right? Yeah. 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 He makes a lot of money selling handkerchiefs. (laughs) (laughs) He's a smart dude. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But he did it for the same reason that we're all doing this because, you know, he had a brand new family. He's like, I don't want to be stuck in corporate America. His wife didn't want to go back to her office job. And they like milked her maternity leave as long as they could to figure out how to make money online. And now they're doing it. And it's no different for us photographers. Figure out how to communicate with your target audience and then give them something of value and you'll start booking more clients. I mean, it's very simplified, but right, right, right. That's essentially it. Again, it's not happening overnight. There's work (laughs) that goes into it. You know, you had, for example, you had to write that article, right? And and you had to then start getting traffic to it. And then there's the retargeting and this is not happening overnight, but it's this process of adding value understanding your target audience and like that's key and we haven't even mentioned like we've talked about (laughs) you know reaching our ideal target audience but a lot of people that many many people i talk to one of the biggest questions i ask them is like how well do you understand your target audience most people will say oh yeah i understand like if i'm saying like all right on a scale of one to ten they'll say oh like six seven eight somewhere in there My challenge to everybody listening is you can always understand your target customer better. The more that you can be speaking to your ideal customer, 
and learning more about them as people, like what are they interested in, which would help you target your ads or create content for them or whatever it might be, please have those conversations. Even if they're past customers that you're like, yeah, I just loved working with them. You know, like pick up the phone and say, hey, can I chat with you for five minutes? And, you know, for me in my business, I don't know why it took me so long, but it took me about a year and a half before I did this. And I hopped on Skype for like 15 minutes with four or five of my quote unquote ideal customers and just ask them a series of questions. And man, I get off those calls and I was like, why did it take me so long to do that? Because not only did I learn about more about them and why they bought from me and all this other stuff and learn about their challenges, but everyone always says, what do I write for ad copy? I'm not a copywriter. I don't know what to write. Well, I took language that my ideal customers are using and I use that exact language in my ads. Just listen to your customers and use what they're saying in your ads and it makes it so much simpler. This is what I teach on day one to all of my coaching clients. It's like, who do you want to photograph? Like, who are they? Where do they shop? How many children do they have? If they do, where do they work? Where do they do for fun? Where have they been on vacation? Do they even take vacations? Like break down as as much information as you can. So, I mean, we don't know what to offer or how to say it if we don't know who we're talking to. And I feel like that has to be the very absolute first thing because then everything else is just a shot in the dark. You might as well just start randomly slapping the keyboard because the words won't make sense to anyone else. Unfortunately, Um, too, Mike, a lot of people don't want to do that work, right? They think they understand or they're like, oh, yeah, I want to reach women between this age range and they have three kids. Okay, cool. But to your point, like, what are they interested in? What are they, where do they shop? What are their, like, what do they do? Like all this type of stuff. And that is what really one of the first things that separates you from people who are not succeeding in advertising or marketing their business, especially on Facebook, is that right there. Is if you're willing to put in a little bit of that work and understand more of your target customer, man, that makes th- that, that just sets you up for so much more success right from the beginning. And it is as easy as you said. Just pick up the phone and call some of your past clients if you have them. Another exercise that I like to prescribe is like go on Yelp and find people with similar businesses to yours. It doesn't even have to be in your area, depending on what it is you do. I mean, if everything you photograph, for example, has the Golden Gate Bridge or New York skyline in it, you know, probably Wichita is not your best place to look. But (laughs) read what people are saying they really like and what they really don't like about other photographers. And if you find some of the common things like the photos took forever or we didn't look natural or we didn't know what to wear, then in all of your ad copy, and then these are obviously things you have to be able to do, but you know what to learn now. It's like, okay, put together a guide on what should you wear at your photo shoot and learn how to build rapport with people quickly. And I have an awesome podcast episode coming up soon with, I don't want to give it away, but it's Vanessa Van Edwards. And we're going to talk about that and just learn what they want so you can give them that and be good at it and then avoid all the things that people say they don't want. And obviously there are outliers, but you'll definitely see patterns. What's your take on that? Or is that too generalized? Not at all. I love that going on to Yelp and looking at those things, you know, because, you know, one of the, another strategy that you could look at if you obviously if you know what your niche is and you know exactly who you want to be targeting but yet you don't really know again that language and what they're interested in a lot that type of stuff join facebook groups that have your exact target customer in there look at the words i mean it's an amazing what's the word i'm looking for where uh where a focus group focus group yeah. It's an amazing focus group online. It's totally free. You can join these groups, see what people are talking about. And again, use that, do that research of what you're talking about. In addition to looking at what other photographers are offering and what people are saying about that. I mean, again, it's this research, Mike, as you know, that a lot of people don't want to do, but it doesn't have to take a lot of time. And this is what really, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but man, this is the stuff that really set, separates people who are successful in marketing their business and, and people who are not. Yeah, I'm glad we keep touching on that because it needs to be driven home. Yeah. All right. So I think we got like 10 minutes left of this chat. So can we sort of quickly run through one mock ad setup kind of from start 
to finish. And this is one popular tactic in our industry is to to do a model call because we don't just put up a blast on Facebook to our friends saying, hey, free shoots for whoever wants them, because one, probably no one's going to take that because it screams of desperation. But also, that's not how you need to position yourself as a professional photographer that is trying to make a career out of this. So the model call, I think, is the way to go here. And it's essentially where you make an ad, some sort of posting that says, this is the kind of shoot that I'm doing, whether it's, you know, outdoor families or you're doing boudoir or you're doing maternity sessions with a springtime theme, something, whatever it may be, right? I'm casting five models who get a complimentary shoot in exchange for something. It could be... You know, or just I want to build a portfolio and you can work out details later. But that's the basis of the shoot. So let's run through an example of that. So where would you start? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, it goes back to you again. So we understand I always say step number one is understand your goal. Like, what are you trying to achieve with your campaign? So the campaign here is we're trying to get these models lined up so I can get these, you know, get these shoots lined up and scheduled. Okay, cool. So how is that going to happen? And what I like to do is work backwards from that goal. So if we know that our goal is to get these scheduled, okay, cool. How are people going to schedule with us? Are we going to provide, you know, a landing page with a link to, I don't know, our calendar, or are we going to have a page to fill out a form, you know, making sure that we understand that first and foremost, because that starts to put our strategy together, right? It's almost like a little checklist to know the different things I need to have in place in order for this campaign to work. So Mike, what would you do as far as like, would you have a form that they fill out or an application or what, how would you do that? Yeah, I would have a form. And this is one thing that I have like underlined on my sheet here. We need to talk about when we're running ads, you're not sending people to your homepage. You might as well just throw the money in the toilet and watch it disappear because no one's going to click on your homepage and be like, hmm, I wonder how I can hire this person. That is never going to happen. So we're going to send them to a form page that doesn't have any other navigation on it. So you can throw a gallery up there, a video maybe of what is it like to work with you, a behind the scenes thing or a video testimonial? You can have photos and other value adding content on there, but don't make it be a regular page of your website where they can click away to other pages and get distracted. Keep this landing page for the sole purpose of them giving you their contact information so you can reach out to them. So I'm actually going to take a different, a little bit of a different approach on that. Oh yeah, bring it. And I actually, so Facebook has changed a lot over the past, I mean, a lot over the past couple of years, but especially over the past year or so. Okay. And for some businesses, I actually don't mind that they send traffic to a page on their site with the navigation bar there and that with the ability to navigate away. It goes okay. against every, you know, traditional advertising, you know, thought process where like, no, 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 we want them on this page and we want them to take this action. For like, especially for photographers, it adds credibility to the experience when someone lands on the site such that if they're on your page, let's just say to fill out a form or to fill out, you know, this little, a few fields to get to book this stuff, or if someone's looking to get more information about you, that if they see like about Mike or, you know, other recent work or something like that, that they can click over there to review, you know, other stuff. It's just giving them, again, this goes back to Facebook and providing a good user experience because we do have to remember that Facebook is looking at another layer deep. So they're not only are they looking at your ad, but they are looking at where are you sending those people? And this could be a whole other episode conversation about <laughs> ad policy and so forth. We won't get into all that. But you know that has to abide by policy as well, your landing page. In this case here, I mean, look, I'm not saying don't do just a landing page like lead pages or something like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you want to put a page on your website and it does have the navigation there, I wouldn't be afraid of doing that. I would certainly test that out to do. But the important thing here is what I think what we're getting at is you got to make sure that you understand where you're sending people from your ad to get them to take the action that you want them to take. So again, we're working backwards from, okay, we want these five people to book sessions with us. 
we're going to send them to a landing page where they can fill out this form to get on our calendar. So cool. Now we look, we take a step previous to that is like, okay, how do we get people to that page? Well, there's our Facebook ad, right? So we want people to click on our ad to that landing page and then they're booking in with us, you know, as one of the sessions. Okay, cool. We have that down. Now we look at the how are we going to present that offer so would you call it a, a model a model call model call okay cool so yep. what you know how are you going to describe that i don't know off the top of my head i'm looking we're looking for five people you could do it far better than i could <laughs> some sort of yeah. some sort of copy there it's totally different based on who you're talking to, right? Because when you're advertising to high school seniors, for example, different language than if yep. you're looking to do five, you know, CEO headshots, very different verbiage. All right. So we're looking for five models for our senior portrait session this spring. We have a new studio or we have a, a new style or a new theme we're looking to explore. You fill in the blank, whatever it's going to be. And then, you know, the first five who sign up or fill out the application. We'll meet up and talk about putting together the perfect photo shoot. It includes, you know, this many images, whatever else, additional prints for sale, whatever you want to offer, however you want to word it. And pro photographers know we make our money off backend sales. So the session fee is usually just a disqualifier because we don't want people showing up for free stuff, but we make all the money off the prints. So you can offer a free session in this case, taking applications, which is really just getting their name and an email or phone number, and then meet with them to book the shoot. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I love that. And I think that Everyone always wants to know, like, well, longer copy or shorter copy. What should I do? There's always, there's never one, no exact way to do it. I would <laughs> test out. In this case here, though, where people are going to need to, like, they're signing up basically to come spend some time with you. I think a little bit longer copy might be more beneficial because, you know, you're getting people more comfortable with you. You're introducing yourself to these people in your area that you want to, that you want to reach out to. In light of that, or with that, I should say, I think a video ad would do really well here if you don't have other forms of you know other past photos that you could showcase for them let's just say you're just starting out i think you know and i'm holding up my phone right now just getting in front of your iphone or your android device and getting you know just shooting some a quick video basically describing exactly what you just said mike not only does that what I, what I love about that, and especially as a photographer, is you've got to feel comfortable, you know, with the photographer. I recently had a photo shoot uh, about a month or so ago. I'd been referred to him by a, a great photographer who's a good friend of mine, and she referred me to this guy. I'd never met him before, and it's always you know that awkwardness at first when you start. But the first thing we did for the first thirty minutes is we sat down and had coffee. And I was like, oh, "Are we gonna? Are we gonna? Shoot, are we gonna get some photos done or what?" But it was that, you know, it was that time where we like got comfortable with each other because then that obviously shows up in the pictures. And I think yeah. if you do a video again, very simple. We're not talking like hire a production crew or anything. Just get in front of your phone and start talking. That lends itself to somebody being comfortable with you already right from the get-go because they can learn like they see your mannerisms they see your personality and they're like i can totally connect with mike yeah i'm gonna sign up for this so i think keeping it basic and you don't have to reinvent you know what to say everything you just said mike would go in your ad copy you could also say the exact same thing in your video yeah because they might not read the ad copy they might read it and then watch three seconds of the video and be like i get this dude's vibe i'm gonna call him exactly uh and if they listen to them both and they've gone through all of that content, it's because they like it and agree with it. So that's great too. Yep. So once we've established that, then it really comes down to, okay, understanding, uh, going back to the target audience, who are we going to reach with this? Who do we want to reach with this? And just being clear on that. And Facebook has, you know, one of the best things about Facebook ads is that we get so targeted with our ads. I mean, even if we just wanted to reach moms with kids between certain age range in our area here, boom, we, yeah. can, we can do that. So who it's have a certain number of credit cards who drive an SUV, <laughs> who take their kids to soccer practice, shop at Whole Foods and love Lululemon. I mean, you can get really specific. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so just really understanding that target audience that you want to reach and then setting your ads up to reach those people. Yes, one of the things that I do is when I make one base ad, for example, I'll make like six different copies of it and I'll do different headlines. Yep. And then I'll make like three copies of each of those and use three different photos. So that one ad is now 18, 
but it only took me like an extra 10 minutes to put all that stuff together. And then we'll get to that probably on the next step. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have to try multiple things because you're likely not going to get it right in the first try because we're photographers and not digital marketers, but we're learning. So yes, you'll figure out what works and what doesn't work. And it's going to be different every single time you do it. So it may work one year and next year gets you nothing. I mean, one year, let alone, I mean, it could work two months ago and, <laughs> right. not, and not work right now. Or the other way around it, maybe it didn't work two months ago, but now it's working really well. I yeah. mean, that it, the platform just changes <laughs> so frequently. And that's, again, why you have to be patient, why we covered that a bunch of times. Okay, so now we've got the ad built. We have the web page we're going to send them to. They've checked out our content. Now we have two options. They could either opt in. Yep. Or they could click away. Exactly. Yep. So we want to make sure that we have a, like a thank you page after they, uh, after they give us their information. So whatever that page is, they land on, they come to the page, they give us their name, email and phone number and they click Mm -hmm. submit. And then that kicks them to one more page. This is awesome. I'll follow up with you within 24 hours or whatever that page might be. That's where the pixel goes. That's where you're tracking the conversion, if you will. And so if they don't, you know, convert or they don't submit that information, you can retarget them, right? So we have our pixel on that, uh, the we'll call it the form page, and we have it on the thank you page. So we can set up an ad where we're targeting people who land on that form page, but didn't make it to the thank you page. We have to remember that just because somebody lands on our form page, but doesn't, you know, opt in, doesn't take that action we want them to take, doesn't mean, you know, they're not interested or they don't like you. Yeah, maybe, maybe the, the phone rang. Exactly. The, yeah. Their kid knocked the glass of wine under their computer. You yeah, a million know. different things. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's why we use retargeting to move them further along our sales funnel, like right? to get them to take the next action. Maybe they did land on the page. They're like, you know what? I don't want to do this. And that's cool. But I would say, you know, I don't put a percentage on it, but a big percentage of what exactly how you just described it, Mike, is that something else happened. The kid was crying, the phone rang, somebody came to the door, whatever it might be. And then, okay, cool. That's fine. Now we get to use retargeting to reach those people who made it to that page, but didn't take that next step. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know what, if they go to that retargeting ad, which you're not supposed to say, hey, I saw you went to my page and you didn't opt in because that creates super creepy, bad experience because they're like, how do you know I did that? I've seen there's like digital marketer ran a thing where it was like, hey, did life get in the way? And then they brought you back to that. But I think that's like as borderline as you can get. So you could just offer something else and being like, Hey, we have a couple spots left on our model call. The last few to sign up, get this added bonus, or we only have seven days left until we're cutting this thing off. So don't miss out. You have to create some sort of incentive and that, I mean, this should be in your original ad anyway, but you can either add value to like a, a certain limited number, or you can put a deadline on it. You need to give them a reason to act right this second and not let any more time go by. Yep. Exactly. And you made it, you bring up a good point there as far as like, just be careful when, on what you're writing in the ad copy like that. You can't increase that. You can't up that creepy factor. You used to be able to do that. You used to be able to be... I had one of my original students back in 2014. For the first year, he was running ads that said, hey, something effective. Hey, saw that you checked out such and such on his site. Here's a 20% coupon or something like that. And in like he was giving the code right there in the ad and he was killing it. Now you can't do that because again, it goes back to the user experience. Facebook sees that as, you know, creepy and not a good user experience. So just be careful with that. Like you mentioned, Mike, and make it more like, all right, you know what? Here's a different kind of offer. We're going to put this in front of you again. And it's it's different for companies like Amazon. Those are uh, what dynamic product ads yep. where you looked at the iron and now suddenly the iron is in your news feed. And you're like, what are the odds they picked the same iron to right. advertise? Right. But we kind of expect that. Yep. But they don't expect or they expect you to not do that as a photographer. So right, exactly. you got to play by their rules. Yep. And Facebook can change the rules at any given moment. Another reason you should listen to the art of paid traffic, because that's like my favorite thing you do, because I don't want to go in and read those updates and you read them to me and it's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. (laughs) So, yeah, the last thing I'm going to do is go read that. So it's great that you do. But they could change the rules at any moment. 
And then if you violate that, they're like, okay, we're pulling your ad account. And you're like, whoa, that's my business. Now yeah. what do I do? Yep. So you got to play by their rules or they'll, they'll kick you out. Yeah. I mean, it, it is one of those things that unfortunately you do need to keep track of the policies because they do change. You know, I have some people are like, wait, I looked at it six months ago and I'm good. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to be looking, you need to be aware of what's going on on a pretty much monthly basis because Facebook does change. And as an advertiser, you are expected to understand what you can and can't do on the platform. And they yeah. will certainly let you know if you don't. <laughs> it's not Facebook's job to notify you what's yeah. changed. It's yeah. your job as an advertiser to do the research. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of the not fun things that we do. But once you start making money, you can outsource this to your VA and make that part of their monthly checklist. And then yep. you still don't have to do it. <laughs> Everyone wins. There you go. Win-win. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we could probably talk for like three or four more yeah. days straight on yeah. this. Ah, oh, this was awesome. Thank you so much, Rick, Absolutely. for uh, dropping all these knowledge bombs Absolutely. on us. This has been a lot of fun, man. <laughs> all right. Hope you got a lot out of this one, Mike Lloyd, over on the Photogs Unite podcast. Now, before we wrap up today, I want to let you know about an opportunity to get more hands-on help with business building mentorship and coaching from me. This is something that people have been asking me about for a long time now. And I've created a new 12-month group coaching program, which is called The Accelerator. And this is to help you more quickly take your business to the next level. And I've based it on the framework around three key elements, high-level coaching, community, and accountability. And I started working with online entrepreneurs because basically I'm living proof that when you surround yourself with bright, driven, like-minded people and you get coaching along with that, you create an opportunity for big-time uh, growth. That's what has allowed me to grow my business so quickly over the last four years. And I want the same thing for you. So when you enroll in the Accelerator program, you're going to get a 12-month personalized game plan for achieving whatever your goals are for you and your business. You're going to get monthly group coaching, training, and hot seat strategy calls. We do two calls per month. Uh, you get a uh, coach as part of the program. You're going to get two live private retreats here in San Diego, a uh, VIP experience and a bonus day at one of my FBA live events here in San Diego. You're going to get um, personalized funnel critiques, Facebook ad critiques, copy reviews, launch strategy reviews on a monthly basis, a private Facebook group to get daily help, support, and community, and a whole lot more Really excited about this program. If you think that coaching support and accountability is something that can help you fast track the success of your business, I would invite you to check out uh, my new accelerator program and book a strategy call with me, which you can do over at rickmulready.com forward slash accelerator. Again, it's rickmulready.com forward slash accelerator. Well, my friends, that is all for the show today. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Coming up in episode number 176, one of my students, her name is Tammy Cannon, and she's going to be joining me on the show to take us through five simple steps to a high converting challenge funnel. She set this automated funnel up, didn't have to spend a whole lot of money and saw amazing results from it. In fact, she got 60% conversion rate on her opt-in page, which was, which is amazing. And she's going to break it down for us coming up in the next episode. So until then, keep testing your paid traffic to find out what works for you and your business and then do more of what's working. And I'll see you in the next episode. the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money i see these over and over and over again and i put them together in a mini email series this is not fluff each of the seven mistakes i also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes this is good solid and it will save you money or help you make more money with your facebook ads Click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.